Let us pray. Come now, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of these your faithful gathered here out of love for you, and may my words and our hearts together glorify you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I need to take a little moment <laughs> and, and say that early this morning, uh, my wife Stephanie said to me, Phil might be coming to church today. Did you put that in your notes to welcome him? And I said, oh, I'll remember. I'll write a note to myself. <laughs> well, I didn't remember, as you might imagine. And so uh, I want to welcome to our worship today our conference minister, Reverend Phil Hodson, who is here with us. Following, yes, following an amazing North Texas Association meeting yesterday, where our conference minister shared with us a vision of what our conference can be. And people went wild. I mean, stood up and applauded, and it was an amazing day filled with this Holy Spirit and with hope for the future of who we are and who God is calling us to be. And I'm so excited about what's ahead for all of us. And so thank you. Um, friend and minister and pastor and visionary for all you are doing for us. Thank you. Thank you. Back in the good graces. <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit this morning about broken promises. I don't know many people in this world who have made it through life without having had some broken promise in their life. I mean, I know you're flipping through your um, memories right now and, and you're remembering broken promises. For many of us, uh, the church promised to love us, and that didn't turn out so well. <laughs> Those promises got broken. And uh, there's so many more, and perhaps some of the most difficult broken promises are the ones we break with those we love, our family and friends and the people that we care the most about. Uh, you know, if you hadn't had a broken promise in your life, then you're a very unique person in this world. But most of us have, and, and we know the heartache of that, right? We know what it feels like, not, not just what we think, uh, but what it actually physically feels like to have someone break a promise that they've given to you. Well, our story today deals with what seems to be broken promises, right? I mean people of Israel had waited forever for a Messiah, and uh, they thought they had one. You know? I mean, can, can you envision them on the road? Think about your own broken promises. And sometimes, when our promises are broken, all we can do is walk. Walk around our home, walk around the neighborhood, walk back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth, and that's what's happening here. Philip, listen, and his companion are on a road back 
Passover, and now they're on their way back to wherever they had come from. We don't even know. But I want you to think about them. Their eyes puffy from tears, their shoulders slumped, their feet shuffling and maybe kicking a rock, a rock or two along the way. You remember? Can you think about that? I mean, and, and the physical feeling of being heartbroken and probably being afraid because things weren't working too good for the followers of Jesus. And then this stranger comes alongside them, and maybe you can feel the tension that begins to bubble up. I mean, here are these heartbroken people, and the stranger says, what are you talking about? So intently, you know? And so it causes them, it is so startling, it causes them to stop, to talk to this stranger. And so they say, well, where have you been? Everybody knows what happened in Jerusalem on Thursday and Friday. Where have you been? And, and this stranger says, well, what things? Almost in a mocking way, don't you? Can you hear that they might have felt like they were being mocked for their sorrow and, and indignation at his questions? You know, um, some of Cleopas's words, um, you know, a lot of us here are um, grounded in the church, you know. We're church geeks. We've read the scriptures a lot. We've probably heard this story about the walk to Emmaus 300 times or more, right? So we kind of gloss over some of the words, but maybe there are some words we need to lift up right now. And, and a word that we might, give much, might not give much attention to, the word redeemed. This was the one who was to redeem Israel. And that word redeemed that Cleopas speaks is saturated with his perception of who Jesus was. Who Jesus was supposed to be. Which was a Messiah who, like Caesar, rode into Jerusalem on a horse and took up arms to do the second word. Well, the first word, to redeem Israel. Now, Israel is a specific collection of people. It's a name for a people that Cleopas was clearly a part of. The people of Israel. But that's not really Jesus' mission, is it? Wasn't Jesus' mission really to redeem the whole of creation? Wasn't Jesus' mission to do more than just redeem Israel, but to redeem the Gentiles and, and the poor and the, the bad guys? I mean, you know, Jesus' mission was to redeem it all. But, you know, that was a misunderstanding that a lot of people had of what had happened and who Jesus was. And, and we might even ask ourselves, now, what are our limited views of Jesus and his mission? How do we confine the work of Jesus to um, 
to certain things that we think need to be who Jesus is and how Jesus loves and what Jesus does. But if we sit with the Gospels long enough, we will discover that even though Cleopas thinks Jesus broke a promise, God's promise to redeem Israel, Jesus didn't break that promise because that wasn't the promise. It's a Cleopas vision of Jesus was just too small. And sometimes I think our hopes become too small. We, we don't think beyond the here, right now, what's happening. Stephanie and I um, regularly watch a television show called Mom. I don't know if y'all watch it. We watch it very regularly. It's one of my favorite TV shows, and um, I really love it. And it's about people who are alcoholics and drug addicts and addicts of every stripe. And it's all about all their broken promises and broken lives and the lives they have broken. And you might think it's a very depressing show, but it's actually not. It's not because it's all about them living beyond their brokenness and living beyond the most sorrowful words in all of scripture. We had hoped. Living beyond our own difficult words, I had hoped. You know, right? This TV show is all about that. These women living beyond their brokenness. You see, very interesting thing about our sacred, holy meal. Unless the bread is broken, it can't be shared. Unless the grapes are crushed, they can't be poured out and shared and quench our thirst. Oh, it's not. Now, let me be clear here. It's not that God wants us to be broken or crushed. That's not the point. But God, because God loves us so much and gives us free will to make our own decisions about our lives and about our world, God knows we're going to get mucked up, you know? that there's going to be a broken world and we're going to be part of some of what is broken and crushed. But God doesn't want our broken and crushed lives to define us any more than God wanted Noah's broken world to break and crush him. The waters rose not because God loves violence, not because God hates violence, on the contrary, the waters rose because God was grieved by the violence on earth and what it was doing to God's people and God's creation. God had a bigger vision. And look what happens. After the flood, God makes a covenant with the whole of creation, a promise of a rainbow, a new world made new. 
And look what that means for you and me. The human role in the drama of Noah is to return to our original calling, to serve and protect God's creation. Noah built an ark to house God's creatures, gathering food to feed them and preserving, preserving their lives. In short, to keep them alive with us so that they and we might abound across the face of the earth. And so God then and God now has always been about creating a new heaven and a new earth and making us and all things new, including you and me. You see, God wants us to live beyond our we had hoped. And it's easy to slip back into that what we had hoped when we started New Church that we, we would be a church of thousands. Y'all remember that? Those of you that were there at the beginning, we had hoped. And God does something miraculous and gives us a small church where we can know each other and be in community and love each other and that sometimes it's hard and that that refines us in ways we would never expect. God wants us to live beyond our we had hoped. And if we will, let our brokenness be broken open. Jesus will break through and do something new within us and among us. Just like our conference minister said yesterday in our association meeting, God's getting ready to do this new thing. Do you not perceive it? God wants us to live beyond our limited, narrow vision of Jesus. When the risen Jesus finally sits down at the table with Cleopas and his companion, it is then, in the breaking of the bread, that their hopes are reframed. They discover that Jesus has, in fact, redeemed the whole world, and not just a portion of the world, that not just Israel, but all people and all of creation. They discovered that their vision of Jesus was too small. And it is at this table where we eat that bread and taste the cup that God transforms our imaginations of what Jesus is doing in our lives and our world and God calls us back to hope and our broken hopes and lives are made whole by our God who can and will do what we could have never even dreamed it is when we break the bread that resurrection hope lingers on our hearts and I want to tell you something. <coughs> I'm going to tell you a thing. <laughs> That's what Padre Alejandro de la Torre used to say. I'm going to tell you a thing. I see it. I see it in you. You know, dragging yourself out of bed on a Sunday morning to come to church, even though we do start at 11. I see it in each of you. I see it when you show up, when you're needed, when you provide a safe space for kids and families who are being maligned now more than anybody. I see it when you show up and care for other people, some that you don't even know, and sometimes even your enemies. I see it when you show up for worship faithfully. You show up online faithfully. 
and you keep trying to be a better person even in, a, in the midst of your broken hopes and broken lives in our broken world. I see it. I see you, and I see resurrection in you. I see resurrection hope in you, and I see the Holy Spirit at work in you. Even when you can't see it, I see it and others see it. And it is in you and me, I'm reminded that it is in our brokenness we are made new again. And I believe that so much, that from our brokenness, God makes us whole again and gives us hope again. And it might take a while. Like we said last week, it might take a whole year full of Good Fridays. But God will act. And God will be with you just as you are with God even now. Thanks be to God.